Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stevenson and I thought I was going solo today, but I have Jenny here with me. Yes, I am not Sarah Hink. <laughs> I am Jen Bordeaux, the Director of Public Relations. Sarah is unable to join us today. She is, but we have Ashley Oldham here, who's the newest, one of our newest members of NDFL. So we're so excited to have you here. Yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're our, an attorney. I am. <laughs> I am not the newest, but I do. Attorney at the direction. So tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I went to Campbell. I graduated in 2011, and I started off doing criminal defense, which yeah, somewhat different, but not too different. Not, not too <laughs> different. What, made you, law? what made you switch from criminal to family? I've just always been interested in family law. Even when I took it in law school, it just really made sense with books, the numbers, the statutes. It just seemed, I liked the organizational issues a lot better than criminal defense, which you see a million DUIs, marijuana possession. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like family law. <laughs> we see a few of those. There. Yeah. 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 So I started doing criminal defense. I got interested in family law, wanted to be somewhere where I could exclusively practice it. So in 2013, I made the jump to a family law firm that exclusively practiced family law. And I have been practicing family law ever since. <laughs> it always works out that way. So and you that, either hate it or you love it. And you find yeah. out pretty quick if you, which way you're going to go, pretty much. Yeah, but I, you, I shouldn't use well, specialized expertise no. in military divorces. You, and, and I'm also a specialist. I'm about about a right, specialist. Right, right. <laughs> you could say specialist about me. I, yeah, I passed the board. Absolutely. The board certified specialist exam for family law in 2018. Okay. Um, what does that entail? You know, you get the besides getting a little badge, you get next to your name if you want. <laughs> what is that process? What makes you a specialist? Sure. The specialist certification in North Carolina, you have to take a certain number of CLEs and you have to have practiced a certain number of, a number of hours, but it works out to be basically all family law for five mm. years before you can apply. And then you need references. So I think it's five, 10, something like that. Judges, other attorneys to write reference letters for you. And assuming you pass all of that, then um, you take an exam, which is kind of like a bar exam, but just for family mm -hmm. law. And that was one day and all morning, all afternoon, a full day exam, and then find out whether you passed. <laughs> and you're officially a specialist. <laughs> yeah. But it's, real. it's a very, it's hard to be a specialist and it's an honor to be. It's not everybody is. That's true. Yeah. The, and the exam was hard. And you never know as much as you do right after that exam. <laughs> you study for a long time and it was hard. Of course, I had the joy of being about six weeks pregnant when I took it. Oh <laughs> we were, Ashley and I were joking about the badge that comes with it, though. And you put your email signature on the website. <laughs> Ashley sent it to me. She was like, you know, for all that I had to do to get this, you think this would be a prettier badge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we were so excited that you're with us and part of the team, as we like to say. And all we do is family law, so we get immersed in it. And military divorces are not my forte, so to speak. What's different about somebody being in the military and getting divorced? There can be a lot of different things about military divorce, starting right off the bat with service of process and where people are located. Your members, you're going to find them everywhere, right. internationally and all over the country. So figuring out where you can file certain things is always a challenge at the beginning, as well as getting people served. There's the SCRA, the Service Members Civil Relief Act that 
kind of details what you have to do when you have a military member on the other side. Uh, I'm actually a volunteer attorney for Wake County for SCRA purposes. So I see some of that in terms of other disputes, like civil disputes, small claims, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And then, of course, when you get into the family law realm, there's the whole aspect of retirement benefits, military pensions, TSPs, which are thrift savings plans, which are the military version of 401ks, survivor benefits, uh, all different kinds of those type of things, retirement benefits and the documents that come along with them. But there's also differences in something like custody, where North Carolina specifically has the Uniform Deployed Parents Custody and Visitation Act that allows service members to delegate some of their custodial time to a new spouse or a family member while they're deployed. And there's all types of tricks of the trade with that in terms of calendaring your hearings and what you can ask for. So a lot of different things. Because generally, you can't just get a court order for somebody to have visitation that not related to, not a parent of the child, like a right. grandparent or a new wife or something like that. So what's the thoughts behind that? Exactly. And of course, that's caused a lot of controversy. Some people mm-hmm. claim and it's unconstitutional to have a third party get to step in without having to prove unfitness Fitness. of the parents. But some of the idea behind it is that if there's a family member that's really close with the child while mom or dad is home and then mom and dad are gone for a year or 18 months, they don't want that person cut out of the child's life. So essentially, the courts can award the that parent's custodial time up to the amount they were exercising or they were ordered to have to that third party to keep that relationship there, even though the parent is deployed. So when the parent comes back, does that just be void or how does that work? There are provisions in the statute for how it terminates, but essentially, yes, fairly shortly afterwards that either they enter an order or an agreement terminating it or it terminates by statute. So I had this case way out of county, but mom was got orders to go overseas. And is there a presumption that if you are one parent and you're ordered to go overseas, the child goes with you or is there any presumption in that way. I don't think there's a presumption. There is your, your orders will either say accompanied or unaccompanied. And so depending on the assignment, typically with a deployment, they're going over there for action. So there's going to be a, the orders are going to be unaccompanied. They don't, right. don't want a child over there. Yeah. But if they're PCSing or right, moving right. to Germany for That's three what I was saying, like for Germany, but mm-hmm. would it be, let's say you had joint custody. I mean, is there a presumption that you should be with the one parent or the other or not is uh, it the same sort of thing you have to think about in a regular custody i think it's the same as a regular custody case except for you got to consider especially if you represent the military member all the different aspects you can tell the judge about that why maybe the child should get to experience germany for right, three years right. the educational aspects once in a lifetime chance to be immersed in culture or abroad there's all types of different things you could talk about to a judge if you did represent the service member. But I think for the most part, you're looking at a regular custody case, just like any other. And so what? let's talk about um, military retirement for a little bit. It's no different. You're still going to get ha- presumed to get half of it. If it, what was earned during the marriage is just a little bit different about how you go about getting it. Yes and no. <laughs> it depends, right? It depends. <laughs> Pretty answer. It depends. So it used to be with pensions, there was always the standard coverture fraction that we apply to like a teacher's pension or right. a firefighter or police like that. But with the National Defense Authorization Act passed by President Obama in November of 2016, that kind of changed what a spouse actually winds up with. The fraction is still the same in terms of the coverture fraction, but instead of it being applied to final retired pay, like it would be with a teacher or 
a firefighter. It's applied to uh, what Mark Sullivan called the frozen benefit, which is an amount less than the final retired pay, which is basically an amount frozen as if the service member had retired on the day of divorce. Gotcha. So it's the lower share gave spouses of service members a different shake in that area. Yeah, but it seems so. if you're rising in rank, you're retirement's going up. Right. If you're not married to that person, the other argument is you shouldn't be entitled to take get the benefit of that either. Sure, yeah. <laughs> of course, lots of different arguments right. here. The, the counter side to that is the marital foundation theory, right? Like right. you wouldn't have gotten to be an E8 if you didn't get to have be an E76. Right. You rose on your ranks through the marriage. And then, of course, if you have a teacher divorcing a service member, then the service member gets half of the teacher's right. final exactly. retirement pay. And then it doesn't work that way in the inverse until we did just revise the statute. What is How's it long has it been now? Two, three, four years ago, where they are now in North Carolina freezing that benefit for the, for the spouse. For a teacher's? No, for the former spouse of the military member. Oh, okay, gotcha. So try to make it a little more equitable. Equitable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems to be that. What else? Is there anything else that if you're getting ready to marry someone in the military that you should be? Is there anything you can do on the front end, like a prenup or anything that can protect you in different ways or not? Well, prenups are, you know, always a consideration. Right. I don't think there's anything different about the military that you think specifically about a prenup with that you wouldn't in any case. It's always a good idea to see somebody. I think. One of the most challenging parts about military cases are just knowing that you're going to have a spouse that's gone a lot lot. and you might have to move around a lot. And particularly if you're the spouse that's going to stay at home or move a lot, that's going to be a lot of challenges to your career. It's going to be more difficult to establish a career when you're moving every three years. So what do you know about statistics in the military? Is it higher than like (laughs) non-military? I would venture to say say it would be. be. Yeah, I don't know any statistics, (laughs) but I would certainly guess it would be because think of all those challenges. Spouses overseas, not depending on the danger, the worry, the stress. I don't know how people do it. I I know. I feel like because we have Fort Bragg right down the road and my family is a very military involved family and I just see so many young folks get married so early in the military because of the benefits that come along with it and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, Wait, (laughs) I can't imagine that makes it any easier Easier. whatsoever. Yeah, it's still hard. hard. Marriage is hard anyway, but you add all that on top of it, it could be worse. This might be a really stupid question. There are no stupid questions. (laughs) We say that. But there's, isn't there a legal component within the military itself, like JAG? So why does JAG, like why does a military member need to seek a civilian family law attorney whenever they have that within the military? JAG isn't going to represent you in court. First of all, so they often do draft some separation agreements and can give you some advice, but they're not going to be in court with you. And so they often aren't attuned to what judges might do, which might not matter for the way a pension Mm -hmm. is divided. But what a judge tends to do and their things they like, don't like can matter a lot in a custody case or a spousal support case. So you're not going to have that kind of insight from a JAG attorney. I also believe that not all JAG attorneys are licensed in the state where they're actually Mm. giving advice at the time. So that's something you would want to look out for. I think JAG can always be a helpful place to start, but I don't think there's anything that can replace seeing a family law attorney in the county where you're, or who's familiar with the county where your case actually might be tried. Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you yourself have been through a divorce or you know someone that's contemplating a divorce, then you know how important it is to make sure that you know your legal rights or your friend knows their legal rights and options to help develop the best plan for them and their family moving forward. 
At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years of combined experience protecting the rights of our clients in family law matters. We aggressively advocate, we aggressively support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you or someone you know are facing these questions or contemplating separation or divorce, give us a call to schedule an initial consultation today. You can reach us at 919-719-3470 or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. Domestic violence. We think about this sometimes in like the civil world is, do you want to take out a a domestic violence protective order or do you want to do this because they might lose their job because of that? So it just brings up all sorts of issues. Is that an issue in the military too? Would that be a mark on your service record? I think it's particularly a concern in the military, right? Because a lot of their positions require them to carry firearms and require security clearances and things those that can be affected. The military also has their own protective orders and PI military protective orders and family advocacy programs that can help families in this situation. But that's definitely a consideration that you want to talk about with your attorney and have your attorneys consult on what we can do to protect people without harming people. I mean, they still need the protection, but yeah, because you got to mandatorily give up your firearm. So that might impede your ability to do your job and things like that. You talked about Earlier, we talked about domicile. And so I think about from the intake side of things, because we've had folks reach out to us that are currently, they're, they're stationed overseas in Germany or wherever, but they reach out to us. So in normal cases, people reach out to us and they're thinking about filing something or initiating something. Of course, we find out what county they reside in to determine, or the child, just depending upon the issue as to where something should be filed after you're living there six months or more. So how does that work with military members for somebody that's been living, we'll say, in Germany for three years and now they want to initiate a separation, how does that work as far as where they figure out where they should start something? Yeah, sometimes it depends on how amicable the process is. You can, things are going to be resolved through a contract or with negotiations that might not require court appearances. A lot of times that can go ahead and be started while they're still overseas and if they're anticipating coming back or different, if you're in different states, you can go ahead and start that process with Court orders and figuring out what to file where. A lot of times we look at the service member's domicile to figure out whether we have personal jurisdiction over that service member. So there's a difference between residency and domicile, right? Like residency, what do they say? It's more like where you habitually reside or even on a temporary basis, I think. Whereas domicile means where you reside, but also where you intend to remain indefinitely. So when looking at domicile, you're going to look at want to look at other things like where they file their taxes, mm-hmm. where their drivers they are. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, but it can be tricky, yeah, especially when people have been gone overseas for three years and maybe one spouse was from one state originally and the other was from a different state. And with military members, a lot of them will claim, at least on their LES, their leave and earning statement, which is their pay stub, that they're a member of a state. They might not even have any connection with because <laughs> they don't have state income tax. For right. <laughs> right. Like Florida or Texas, I think is where I see most Yes, often. Texas where we see, see it most often, yes. Yeah. So what else about, so other than military, what's your favorite thing about family life? I like the numbers. I'm a numbers person, the organization. <laughs> I don't hear that oh very often. <laughs> Fizzy, my parent legal and I are always going, we got to do some mathing because we yes. don't do it. I love the math and I love the spreadsheets. You mean you don't like the stuff that Lifetime movies are made of that we deal with on a daily basis? Let's say I, I, I like to hear about it. Oh, that's interesting. Look at this gossip. But a lot of times you get into court and there's no winning that kind of that's thing. That's right. true. Right? 
Yeah, the numbers don't lie most of the time. So that's true. Yeah. And sometimes you never know what it could go. A case that, you know, seems so your way based on the facts your client gave you get into court and it doesn't quite shake out that well. Correct. You know? <laughs> Whereas you're right, numbers give you a lot more surety and can be a lot more of a sure thing. So what counties do you? Because like I, I'll go to Durham and Wake and that's about all I want to do anymore because I used to travel. I go from or to Mercy County to County every day. And I'm like, nah, I'm too old to do that. I'm not too old to do that Yes, it can be challenging to be a road warrior. It can also be expensive for, for a client, client too. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Depending upon which county you're traveling to. But yeah. Yeah, but some clients want, we call like non-home cooking. Like you, they always feel like if it's a small town that everybody knows everybody. And so there's a lot going on. So they want somebody out of town. Sure. Yeah, they could always be good, good ideas to good reasons to get people from different counties and can get other attorneys involved. I do think, like we said earlier, it's often important that to make sure your attorney does know no. the, <laughs> the county and the local rules of the judges. So I do think that's an important consideration in any case that I take. But I really like Johnston County. I'm there a lot recently. Harnett County, Chatham, Orange, Wake, of course. Those are the cases I'm primarily practicing in right now. Do you see a difference in the more like Harnett, which would, in Joko, that would be like a little more rural than Wake County. Yeah, I, I like how everything's a little more laid back down there. Sometimes <laughs> a little more collegial. <laughs> yeah, that's always nice when you can have that. Yeah, right, yeah. Great. So what do you do when you're not lawyering? What else should we know about <laughs> Ashley? I have two toddlers and they are keep me very busy. One and three. Two boys. <laughs> Chasing after them is a, a full-time job in and of itself. And my husband and I, we... I like to go down to the Outer Banks of the beach, and the boys love the beach, as you can imagine. If you see my Facebook picture, I got yeah. <laughs> Beach pictures with their curly hair yeah, blowing in the wind. Yeah, they are cute. <laughs> yeah, they are. So basically, you have three kids because you have a spouse as well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. That's funny. What else are we going to know? Any? I don't know. What's... I looked it up because I was curious. The highest occupation divorce rate is people who serve in the military. I thought, oh, it, was I thought it was attorneys. I was just about to ask, what's the legal profession? <laughs> what's the legal profession is, Joe? It's, uh, it's actually almost double as high if you're a woman serving in the military as if you are a man serving in the military, which I thought that was interesting. Ooh, well, why yeah, do we think that man is? has to stay behind and actually do the work <laughs> and take care of the household, which they might not be used to doing. But that, I wonder if know? that statistic is from who's initiating more. It can be a whole other set of challenges when you have dual military. That's what I know. Yeah. I can't even, you may not know this, but would they be always shipped somewhere together? There is generally a preference to keep them together when people start to separate and put yeah. in their requests and they have different time at different stations, especially if they're in different branches. It that would be crazy. get challenging. And what about when a military member is, let's say they're in, who knows, Okinawa or Germany or Italy or wherever, they meet the love of their life over there while they're stationed over there and they get married while in other said country. Is that still recognized here in the United States or how, does that still operate the same way? Are there Yeah, for the most for the most time, North Carolina, the United States with full faith and credit, it's going to honor a valid mm -hmm. marriage as long as it's valid where it was well, entered into. Now, I'm not doing the military test <laughs> soon, so it's fine. Forever. It's death. <laughs> Have a second. I don't have any. I can't think of anybody in my family. It is horrible to say that was in the military. Not even, well, I can go back to like great grandparents, and I don't have anybody. Do you? Oh, wow. You have? Yeah. My my dad served, and my stepdad did, and my stepdad's twin unfortunately was killed in Afghanistan back in two thousand two. He was special forces, and so we have right. a whole like second family that's a whole bunch of special forces. The foreign language building at the special forces camp campus is actually named after my uncle. Oh. So. 
Yeah, my, my grandfather was in for a little while. Yeah, all kinds of military involvement on my side. It's amazing. My husband has Coast Guard background. Actually, his family is the first African-American family to be in the Coast Guard. They got a whole bunch really? of... Really? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they're based in Manio. They have a whole bunch of monuments and whatnot out there to them. Um, memor- memorializing the Pea Island Life Saving Station, all that. So, yeah, he has a big Coast Guard presence in his family. Oh, that's cool. It was very cool. Yeah, my son was thinking about that, but he did not get in the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> But we did go visit the school. So there's also a challenge if you're in like the Guard, like the National Guard, right? Because you have to do, what, a weekend, a month or something or something like that. And then you you can be deployed. You can be called up. You can start to be activated. I've seen that in many of my clients, actually, especially hurricane coverage or something like that. Oh, yeah, I thought about that. Being activated and um, sent to disaster relief or even being activated and sent overseas for a year. That happened unexpectedly to some clients. That's yeah. crazy. That I don't even know how you would plan for that. Or No, that. you just got to be re- You're owned by the government until you're yeah. out. So you just yeah. got to be ready to go. Yeah. How, but how much time do you have to prepare? Like I just, if you are going to sign custody or whatever to a grandparent or bonus parent, how much time do you have to get that together before you got to go? It's not very much, and that's why the statute specifically provides that it shall be done by expedited hearing. I was going to say, um, yeah. As long as the motion is made before the service member leaves. Do you um, see that contested a lot? Yes. Like for the, the mother, the horrible mother-in-law, you think, <laughs> she never had my grandbaby. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, you, most of the cases involve a new spouse. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. uh, every case that I can think that I have litigated on that issue has involved a new spouse. That would be hard. Mm-hmm. You put yourself in the shoes of the other. Of the, you're yeah. like, why don't See I just that. get that extra right. time? And then you're going to have the new wife get her 50% of the time or whatever. That would be hard. That would mm-hmm. be, be That would be hard. Sure. Personally, it might be best for the child, but which is the most yeah. important thing, but still be hard to swallow, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever had any clients that had to get deployed, but they did the super top secret stuff, and so they just disappeared, and you had no idea <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> I've had them uh, deploy their information be top secret, and I don't know exactly where they are, and I don't hear from them for months at a time, but never had them just straight up disappear. I'd probably be calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't about the military. It was about custody, but... He was top seat. And then this person from JAG came to see me and was like, I was never here. Okay. <laughs> Did you just put cameras in my house? What's happening? <laughs> but that was a very surreal experience. It was very interesting. But you're right. It's like the government owns you. You can't come and go as you please and do as you want to. I would not be cut out for military. Yeah, I had never really thought about that. My high school sweetheart, he went into military after high school and I went to go see him after basic training when he was at AIT. And there was a person that had basically been kicked out because they were sneaking out of their dorm room barracks whatever and they use okay it's part of the stupidity here but they used the old school like sheet method where they tied them together because they were trying to go see a girl and he fell and broke his hip or his leg or something and so you know, he got kicked out for damage to government property or like God, because he, i would see the government property yeah he was, he was in the army i was like wow you really are owned by the government i was like oh that's intense but also come on the sheets that was <laughs> 
You kind of deserve that. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. why. <laughs> we shouldn't be representing our country <laughs> if you're dumb enough to do that. Good point. Ashley, thank oh, you for being goodness. with us today. It was so nice. I learned something today. I'm yeah. Because it's, it's not my wheelhouse to do stuff like that. So I'm glad we have you. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it really just highlights that making sure that you're working with, an, should you find yourself in a situation like that, military involved, making sure that you're working with an attorney that, you know, really knows what they're talking about with that stuff because we've actually had, I call Ashley's kind of like our military celebrity because we've had <laughs> folks from Washington State reach out wanting her to consult on cases and stuff and even across the state and it's I just know. not out in the mountains and you're looking at a five-hour drive. That's just not realistic. But it's definitely important because as you mentioned, there's all those little nuances. So thank you and we appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Till next time. Till next time. <laughs> the military. Hey. Ain't that some shit. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. <laughs>